Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck, to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the, from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, they were, and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two white men in robes, two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come into the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, and for this reason I have not ceased to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe, according to the working of his great power. God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age but also the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verses 44 through 53. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. 
You are my witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple blessing God. Good morning and welcome to Ascension Thursday, uh, the day in the Christian calendar when we remember the the day that Christ rose from his bodily resurrection to the right hand of God. Um, so set the scene, Easter Sunday, he is risen, indeed he is risen, and for 40, 49 days he's walking around in bodily form in some way altered or not recognizable at first. And sometimes he controls whether or not he's recognized. Sometimes it happens when certain events happen, like breaking bread or eating together. Um, But he's going around, and the author of the book of Acts, which is thought to be the same person or community as the book of Luke, um, he makes a very clear point to say, you know, I'm going to um, show you with all these proofs, many convincing proofs, um, that for, I'm sorry, 40 days, not 49, um, 40 days is walking around kind of doing whatever, normal stuff. And uh, then Pentecost, which is uh, just another week away, that's when uh, this thing that Jesus is hinting at in the scriptures of when they'll be clothed with uh, power, um, that's a, a reference to Pentecost. Um, but anyways, he's walking around, and it's it's interesting, and I don't know why um, the prescribed readings begin with Acts, and the full name of that book is the Acts of the Apostles, which makes sense, because Jesus has now kind of passed the torch to them, and they go off and do their thing. And the third reading, and all the readings are from the New Testament, the third reading is from the end of Luke, where Jesus ascends. So it's like foreshadowing or something, like to read Acts, which would come right after the Luke section, is just kind of odd. Um, and you'll notice that the author references, you know, in my other book, that's the book of Luke. Um, Luke and Acts are, are seen as uh, two um, books in one set. That Luke and on into Acts is kind of continuation. Um, and so in another way, there's also... Uh, Acts is not a gospel because it's not the life of Christ, but it is written by the same, it's thought to be written by the same group that wrote the book of Luke. And the ascension, I I don't always know what to make of it. I'm always, the, you know, seven or eight year old Logan is always wondering like, why didn't he just stick around? Why didn't, why isn't Jesus like just hanging out still? Um, you can go visit him in, I don't know, Galilee or something. Um, and But regardless, um, Jesus did ascend. And depending on the different church traditions, it's a, it is or is not a major feast. I mean, it's a feast. 
I debated whether or not to record this morning, but um, I didn't mention that I wouldn't yesterday, so I am today. Um, but it's always on a Thursday, um, Ascension Thursday uh, is followed by Ascension Sunday, um, which is sometimes called the seventh Sunday of Easter. Um, so they have either name, but it's another week until Pentecost, which is celebrated on a Sunday. So the implication is that he ascends and there's still some time between when Jesus has ascended and when the Holy Spirit comes down and uh, the birth, what's thought of as the birth of the church occurs on Pentecost Sunday. And um, it's just kind of interesting to be in that this time where Jesus has ascended and um, tomorrow I'll go back to the green uh, episode image because Jesus is not with us, even though it's still Eastertide and we haven't um, arrived at Pentecost. So for a week and some change, um, the church has not been born, quote unquote. The body of Christ has not been, I don't know, yeah, born, I suppose, even though, um, you know, it's clearly conceived of and the apostles are told to hang out in Jerusalem and wait for this thing that they don't really know what's going to happen. Um, and they're, they're curious. They even ask, like, when, is this it? Is this when you're going to reestablish Israel before all the nations? And Jesus says, well, no one's supposed to know. Um, if I told you, I'd have to kill you kind of thing. Um, and so it's this interesting time, this in-between, um, when, you know, they, they, they had suffered what seemed like this horrible defeat and uh, debilitating loss when Jesus is crucified, then he's risen, and that's like, oh, dang, yeah, okay, sweet. This thing was for real. And then for 40 days, they're, all they know is that something's, something miraculous has happened, and the next, the next step, the next you know, phase of whatever this operation is, is yet to come. And then they discover that Jesus is being taken away, that he's ascending. Um, and so it's this kind of emotional roller coaster um, as we kind of wind Eastertide down and Pentecost will usher in ordinary time. Um, but it's, it's always fascinating to me to think about, you know, if I were one of the apostles or shit, just one of the followers, um, you know, what would, what would it be like? Like, what is that emotional roller coaster? And that kind of, uh, uh, contemplative or imaginative move is actually really common. Um, uh, it's called contemplative reading. Uh, and it's something that was thought up and prescribed, or at least I'll say, uh, made explicit, um, by, uh, Ludolf of Saxony, which is this German theologian that uh, wrote a, uh, a narrative of Jesus' life that then influenced Ignatius of Loyola. And that was, that was kind of his, that was what Ludolf of Saxony proposed. Like, imagine yourself in scriptures. Um, don't just read them as you know, a foreigner to the narrative itself. Embody this story. Think of you know, what you would think as you're seeing these things. I may try and do a podcast on Ponder Exchange about contemplative reading, because I'm coming across it more and more in terms of some of the stuff I'm reading back up on uh, here after seminary. But um, 
yeah, it's this interesting time. I encourage you to wonder and imagine what it would be like to have witnessed all this stuff and then watch Jesus leave and wonder, like, well, now what? The scholarly consensus is they thought that the world was just going to end pretty quickly. And that's why writings weren't... um, Nobody wrote about this for several decades after it happened. And um, Paul is constantly talking about how this thing is imminent. And yet, here we are still, you know, kind of hanging out. Um, And so, ask yourself, what do you think that you'd think um, if you were witness to all this thing? Not not knowing what we know now, reflecting back um, with the benefit of hindsight and technology and everything that we think we know, the arrogance of modernity. Um, But taking nothing for granted and just watching all this unfold, um, what do you think that you'd be wondering? What would, uh, what would you be fearful of? What would, you, what would be exciting or um, encouraging as you kind of go around as a follower of this movement and pick, you know, pick up this story and make it your own? Because I think that's really the point of scriptures becomes a kind of script. We, we look at it, we take our cues from Scripture, um, and it's, it's not at all um, foreign to our faith to pretend that you're a part of it, or, I mean, you are a part of it. You get to take that, that ownership, that um, participation, and make it uh, what you will. And I think this is one of those times um, where it's like, I don't, I don't really know what to make of this. Like, how, what were they feeling? What would I have felt if I were there? Um, and I hope that that um, contributes to uh, a greater appreciation or illumination of the text and, and subsequently our, our, our shared faith. A prayer for Ascension Day from the Book of Common Prayer. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that as we believe your only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, to have ascended into heaven, so we may also in heart and mind there ascend, and with him continually dwell, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for falling into Pew Pew HQ's first formation where we share morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support this podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, You can become a co-host yourself by recording a lectionary reading and sending it to me to be included in a weekday episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts can be found in earlier episodes, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in First Formation in this or any way. Finally, and maybe most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a voice message feature on Anchor's iOS or Android apps. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you will continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. 
This has been and always will be Logan Isaac. Always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.